Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello! This is the Relaunchables Podcast. I'm Jordan Holzer, proudly part of the Believe Podcast Network. And each episode, we're going to be covering 90s, 2000s, film, TV, and pop culture. I'm not alone. Each episode, I'm going to be having on special guests to help me relive my childhood. The Relunchables is expanding. We're going to be bringing you episodes on all things 90s, early 2000s, from film, TV, music, and maybe even food. While we will finish what we started with season one of 20 Disney Channel original movies, This is just the start of what I hope is a long-running podcast covering everything from the 90s to today. And what better way to start with one of my favorite TV shows from the early 2000s, Ned's The Classified School Survival Guide. And what better guest to have on than Moe's herself, Lindsay Shaw, who you might also know from Pretty Little Liars, but definitely not Nickelback's music video for the song Rockstar. Don't worry, if that doesn't make sense just yet, it will by the end of the episode. Ned's The Classified School Survival Guide, What a Mouthful, came out on September 12th, 2004 on Nickelodeon as part of the Sunday night Teen Nick scheduling block. It just so happened to coincide right when I started 7th grade and focused on three friends, Ned Bigby, Jennifer Mosley, better known as Mose, and Simon Nelson Cook better known as Cookie, trying to survive middle school. You may recall some of the supporting characters, such as Susie Crabgrass, who was definitely one of my teenage crushes, Claire Sawyer, future lawyer, Gordy the janitor, and who could forget Coconut Head. Unfortunately, it only lasted three seasons, but the legacy lives on almost 20 years later. So let's get into my interview with Lindsay Shaw, and let's get in that 2004 mood with the intro to Ned's The Classified School Survival Guide. In a middle school full of bullies, <laughs> insane teachers, and gross school lunches, Ned Bigby, that's me, and my two best friends try to do the impossible. Create a guide that will help you survive school. We are now joined by one of the stars of Ned's The Classified School Survival Guide, Lindsay Shaw, who played the role of Jennifer Ann Mosley, better known as Mose. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining the Relunchables podcast. Thank you so much. Is it relunch Relunchables or Relunchables? Relunchables. Yeah, we're bringing it back to like the 90s snack. I don't know if you remember Relunchables. Of course I remember Lunchables. My mom would never get them for me. Yeah, please don't tell. I don't know if it's Nabisco or General Mills. I hope there's no trademark infringement going no on. Okay. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> did you have a no, favorite Lunchables? Were you a pizza person? Did you like the nachos? I was definitely a pizza person. I loved like the creation of my own little thing. What was the yes. dessert in the pizza one? Oh, that's a good question. I thought they were those the ones that gave you. I don't know. I think they gave you like maybe like a little Snickers bar. I don't even know. Or they gave you oh, like yeah. sometimes they gave you like a little brownie maybe. And that like Capri something, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> can you still get lunchables like those are still available i did i checked it out you could definitely still get lunchables and i remember i took it like to the next level in like elementary school middle school i used to like get the microwave out and actually like microwave my pizzas i felt like i was changing the game you were <laughs> amazing your creative spirit was like launched right there <laughs> Uh, before we get into uh, Ned's The Classified School Survival Guide, there's got to be a shorter name for that show, by the way. What do you, did you have like a, a little, I don't know if it's an acronym or something that you used on set? You know, is there any way to shorten that? Honestly, we would just call it NEDS. NEDS? NEDS. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I, that's, I mean, right? The yeah. acronym is like N-D-S-S-G. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's no better okay we'll go right. with neds okay yeah. before we get into uh, uh neds i want to go even further back and how did you get started acting as a as a child um i was always loving making people laugh i liked being the center of attention i liked i would did all my school plays and uh, i was in the choir i was a lecturer at church i you know i was just always kind of trying to find some feedback from an audience i guess and <laughs> then my mom kind of got me involved with some local modeling and talent agencies and from there it kind of snowballed um we went to a bunch of expos and that kind of a thing all all the while i was like 9 10 11 and then when i was 12 we took the big leap there was an agent who i'd had in locally she moved to la and so we followed her and got started wow rest mm -hmm. is history right <laughs> yeah yeah and you grew up in lincoln nebraska is that right I did, yes. Go Huskers, right? <laughs> For sure. They're going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> My dad grew up in uh, Omaha. He spent a lot of time in Omaha, so I always visit him out there. He used to go to all the Huskers games, but it's a, it's oh, a great cool. place. Yeah, a great place where, to grow up. Where are you from? I'm, I'm from all over the place, to be honest. I moved around okay. a lot, and we'll get into that a little bit once we oh, get okay, into okay. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I'm curious though, was it something that your, you know, your parents and your mom kind of encouraged you to do? Was it something that you kind of wanted? Did Hollywood kind of seem like a pipe dream coming from Nebraska? I think, um, it was definitely a movement that was supported by my mom. Television was something for me that, um, so I, I was, I was raised with a single mom. So a lot of the time, uh, I would be in front of the TV, not a bad thing, not anything, just how it yeah. was. And I would learn a lot like emotionally from there like i just i felt very emotionally attached to these characters that i would see on tv i wanted to um bring that to life and i found my own emotions come alive i cried for the first time you laugh so hard like you become very attached to these people um on tv so that that was always something that i wanted but obviously my mom was a big part of it because i moved out at 12 years old here and so she really supported that um that dream and kind of saw that in me and was ready to take a leap <clears throat> And, um, yeah, I, I think I was just too young at the time to like really think about what the odds were of it happening. Because when you're 12, yeah. you're still like, I'm the sh like, <laughs> I'm amazing, like nothing, I'm invincible. And that's kind of what it felt like coming out here. And with the validation of, of getting Ned's, I mean, it took a while. I, I was still here for like a year and a half before that, that came about, you know? Um, but then with the validation of that, it, it kind of just, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. <laughs> and the Neds kind of happened just through your family friend who was an agent out here. Did that kind of set up the audition for that or no? No, actually. So like I said, we'd been out for about a year and a half and had, had kind of lost touch with her. We sort of forged our own connections after we, after that kind of just fell out. 
And um, I remember signing with a savage agency, Judy Savage. That's what I feel like every child like signs with out here. Savage. <laughs> and um, that's not a real last name, right? I hope it is. And I never wanted to ask because I didn't want to be disappointed. <laughs> um, so it was with her and then, and then, you know, ended up getting Ned's. And then after you get Ned's, you think literally anything is possible. You're like, well, I've already been on a show. Like Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah. You don't realize till later that, that how, how, how lucky and how yeah. wonderful that was, you know? Yeah, especially when you get on a show like that at last three seasons, then you're back to, you know, doing pilots that don't get picked up, or maybe they do right. a season, they'll get renewed for a second season. You realize how fortunate you are to get on those types of shows. Uh, yeah, and, and right now, I, I think the idea of a show getting on air, I think it's, it feels the most impossible to me that, it's, that it has ever felt um, in my career. That's because I took a couple of years off, but also the industry has just changed the culture and the you know, everything on digital and all of these new creators uh, having a voice and a platform, everything's different. And plus, girl, you older. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> I know, but it's like such this thing. It's like, it's like, for real, you're in this other stage of life. And, you know, not only do I feel more cautious, but I just feel like it's a little bit more narrow, like where I fit in at this point. And, you know, we'll see where that goes. Maybe I'll write the Ned's reboot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have some ideas for the reboot. We're going to get to that one too. <laughs> uh, what do you remember about the casting process for Moe's? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I remember it was like, we went in like six or seven times. I mean, obviously oh, wow. because you, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta be sure. And then during the last three times, like two or three times we went in, we chemistry read with the other characters with Ned and, and Cookie. And, um, and it was originally Boogie at the time. So character, re <laughs> character, character uh, chemistry read with them. And then on the last time they were just like, okay, you got it. Like it was a very long process, months and months, uh, several different places I went and auditioned and um, yeah. And some chemistry reads. And I remember during the last one, I, I was basically like, I already have this. It's like the seventh time I've been in for this, like such a little like cocky person. But I, I remember like ad-libbing for the first time, why I have the confidence <laughs> to do that, I'll never know. Um, but the creator came out and he was like, we love you, but just stick to the script. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then like shortly after that, they called and they were like, you're cast. But then, okay, so we shot the pilot. That was a week long. It ended up, we ended up waiting a whole year and recasting and then going back and then it got picked up and into production. So um, it was a long time before like shooting the series came into fruition. And is it true that you reshot the pilot with uh, the new cookie? Yeah, yeah. So we got, so we recast. That was, that was a very somber moment in the yeah. whole thing. Only because we had become so close to, you know, our one cast member. And then we didn't know which one of us was going to be replaced. So we would, we all read with different versions of the, the trio. And that was just hard. You didn't know if you wanted to be replaced or you wanted to see one of your friends go or like, and then, you know, Daniel was cast and, and we just absolutely fell in love with him. I mean, the, the new trio was born very quickly and, um, you know, I think we, we had equal amounts of chemistry and that was wonderful. So it all worked out in the end, but it was, it, it was a, a sad stepping stone on the way to there. Yeah. You know, bittersweet. 
Yeah, it kind of introduces you to the business really from the jump and you could be replaced right. at any time. And you did you feel like you were walking on eggshells at first, you know, maybe a few weeks on set? Totally, totally, especially because so we had this really nice director for the first pilot and we only shot the parts of it that uh, Boogie would have been in. So we didn't like there were a few scenes. he would, So it ended up just being a smattering of scenes that we reshot. <clears throat> and um, this director that we got for the reshoot and then for the next the next episode he was a little more strict than I was like used to <laughs> and definitely than the first guy and he just kept saying on a part that we had already shot from the pilot this was one of the episodes, the scenes we were reshooting he just kept like going in on me and I was like he cast me off this like <laughs> how are you like going in on me this hard and I, I remember wanting to cry afterwards I just oh remember God. wanting to like walk away and be like I don't know what I got myself into I obviously don't know how to do this and that was like a real like, whoa, like a wake up call. Like this is real life and this is what you're going to be doing for the next little while. So <laughs> yep, definitely up those acting classes. <laughs> <laughs> you would never know it from watching the pilot though. You guys are great. Oh my God. Right? I wish we could go back to that one scene. And then David Kendall and I, his, um, he's a wonderful. He, we've worked together since and he's just a lovely man. Um, I don't know what like our energy was like that day, but it, it was, I just remember that was like a pivotal, like starting point for me. <laughs> but yeah, it was cool. It was cool. It was fun. <laughs> did you celebrate at all when you had found the news that you got the part? Did you and your mom celebrate? Maybe you go to dinner oh, or something? Oh, of course. I think we probably celebrated by going back out to like Outback Steakhouse. That oh, was like our yes. favorite <laughs> thing to do or Olive Garden or something and have that all like soup and salad and breadsticks, which is <laughs> my favorite. Um, we probably did that at like the Burbank, you know, like <laughs> town center or whatever, um, that mall over there in Burbank. But yeah, that was, that was probably a great dinner. I probably had a Shirley Temple and <laughs> she had like a whiskey sour. She only always, only always had one whiskey sour at dinner. What? Like she didn't even do it to get drunk. She, I guess she just liked the taste of it. And it was, it, that was so sweet. It was, it, yeah, such an innocent time. I love that. Unlimited breadsticks and a blooming onion. No better way yeah! to celebrate. <laughs> so I have to say, I moved from South Florida to San Diego my seventh grade year. And that show literally, so I was in seventh grade as Ned's came out in 2004. So for me, it was a very formative show in my life and kind of starting school. I never understood why the show didn't start in sixth grade as you would start a new school. But I still love that it started in seventh grade because it really reflected <laughs> like my time and my experience similar to, I don't know, I always bring this up, but Toy Story 3, when Andy went off to college, it was the same time I was going off to college. So it, it oh. felt like we were sharing that moment. But Ned's and Toy Story 3 were really like inspirational for me. I don't know. Maybe our ages just lined you up You were born at like a, on a very special <laughs> shooting star. Like we yes. love that. <laughs> but I have to ask you, did the character of Moe's reflect your own childhood? And, you know, Moe's is so confident, kind of like a tomboy, you know, very athletic and, you know, confident in her convictions. Was that you growing up and through middle school? Um, that was me growing up through middle school. That was like a very perfect picture of who I was. Even that, that rage that we saw in <laughs> Moe's, that was all very true to me. Um, Mm hmm. Yep. I, I, I was always outspoken. Like I said, I had I had a single mom. And so I kind of had a platform to speak. It was only her and I and and, you know, I would see my dad occasionally, but I just I always kind of was the not the center of attention, but had their attention and just felt confident to speak. And I, I was a good student in school. And yeah, I felt, you know, before life beats you down, you really like no, not life, but just your own choices. Um, yeah. I was really, I, I was confident. I was, I was really confident, even despite like a move at that 
time in life, I still knew what I was out there for and what I needed to go into these rooms and do. Like I knew what my objective was. And so, um, yeah, I felt like I could go after it. And that's, that's also why I don't think it felt like Hollywood was such a pipe dream because I did have a lot of confidence in myself and what I could bring and that I was smart and I could figure out like, what needed to be done. And I realized like, as you go further along in your career, you realize that those skills serve you less and less. And you kind of have to develop these different skills. Um, so while I think being smart helped me as a kid figure out like how to outsmart the rest of the kids and get it, I don't think that that actually um, serves my craft anymore. Do you know what I mean? You kind of have yeah. to like fall more into that right brain sort of like sensual, like, you know what I mean? Just a little more grown up, like mature woman. And I, I think the, anyway, we're going to go all into my philosophical views. But <laughs> anyway, like that, that's just basically how I feel like, like not to sound like old fashioned or anything, but I just think, you know, the brain really served me as a young child. And I think a balance of that will serve me going forward. Gotcha. I'm curious, you know, what were your favorite memories from that set? The cast seems so close today. You know, when I see you and Devin and Daniel get together on Zoom or, you know, reunions. Was it like that back then as well? Oh my gosh, yeah. We loved each other so <laughs> much. It was as if each of our blood flowed through the other's veins. Like, I swear we... I don't know. I, I mean, I think it was the first time that... Like, I don't know if people from big families always felt that, but I, it was like a big family for me, finally. And a family where I got to experience all this other emotional, cool stuff with on camera. And we got to have this validation and feel... I don't know. It was just a, a, such a nurturing environment and we all thrived there and, you know, amongst each other. There was no, we were at each other's houses every weekend. We, um, it just really like followed. Off, That's off, great to hear. Our friendships. Yeah. Did you have a favorite supporting character? Not a favorite supporting actor, but a favorite supporting like character within the show. Cause we had so many between coconut head, my favorite Claire Sawyer, future lawyer, you know, you had so many, you know, vice principal crubs. Did you have a favorite supporting character on the show? I mean, definitely. Okay. Crubs. Now that you mentioned it was absolutely his Miami vice sound. Yeah. His double sunglasses thing was so good. And then coconut head, because I could never keep a straight face. I swear I didn't laugh. Like, I swear you won't see me in that many of the bloopers. Devin is always the one who messed that stuff up. I was pretty good about it, but Coconut Head always made me laugh. And I just was like, you are, you are a dream. I, how do you keep doing this? To the point where you'd almost be mad that you were laughing so much. Yeah. Coconut Head. <laughs> no, that's a great call. I think, uh, I think we all knew somebody like Coconut Head who had that outdated haircut and was still rocking it for some reason. But I knew I definitely rocked the bowl cut. But he was probably a few years too late on that one. Right, right, exactly, exactly. And his whole like personality that went along with that haircut, you understood oh why God. he still had that haircut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you have to keep anything from the show when you left? I know maybe there was like Letterman's jackets made with James K. Polk Middle School on them. Did you have to keep anything? Oh yeah, so I have that uh, Letterman jacket, and I've been wearing it a lot more recently. <laughs> I just like unearthed it, like when I don't know some of this nostalgia started coming back out and wearing it, yeah. and it's it's awesome. Um, Scott, the creator, said the only thing that he kept from the show was Moses' wooden locker. Oh wow! Right, that, that was amazing. That, that was like really cool. I remember for a long while, for some reason, my mom had. Um, signs from the science fair like up in our garage and I was like 
how did you even get those? Like, I don't even remember you taking those. Did you take those like right off the wall? Did you talk to the prop department master? I'm not sure. But, and, and then I think I took a wooden, that wooden pencil that I always carried. I took that, but I, I'm not, that's got to be like still packed away somewhere. No, that's awesome. It, yeah. For some reason, Ned's always reminds me of the show Scrubs. I don't know if you were a fan of Scrubs or watched it at all, yeah. but it really, at yeah. least to me, has a lot of parallels in just, you know, the camera is kind of like an actor within the show. It's very over the top funny, but also has that sentimentality. You know, you're learning valuable lessons. The sound effects right. are kind of legendary on the show. Right. Even watching like Cookie run through the halls and you have like a sports broadcasting team, like di <laughs> diagramming the play of him running. It's just, I don't know, the tone was just perfectly set. And I think you guys all nailed that so well. So it's not a questionnaire. Hmm. I'm, just, I'm just giving you some praise there. Oh, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I was like, wow. She's getting that confidence back. <laughs> so I heard that uh, Devin maybe had a development deal and there was a potential talk of doing a high school, you know, series of Ned's the Classified. Did, were you familiar of any, like the status on that or no? Okay. So we all got together recently and talked about like perhaps the show coming back. And I'm not sure where that sits now after, uh, you know, like 2020 is going the way that it's, you know what I mean? Like the yeah. whole COVID and now we're, um, protesting black lives matter again and um so i think either it might be lost somewhere in there i don't know if it's ever going to come to fruition devin does a little thing on like his youtube about it while all of us would love for it to come to fruition and i think there's still a lot of ideas behind it i'm just not sure the timing will ever um i don't know well I, i'm just not sure that it will ever come together like it was again and like we would hate to make something less than or lackluster or with without the create you know what i mean we'd need the original team there so i don't know maybe like the ned's <laughs> senior center <laughs> like so at some point will come true <laughs> yeah i know so much of the cast has gone on to do so much it's tough to get these know. you know people now you know christian on walking dead and it's just right. it's kind of crazy how everyone's careers have kind of blown up since the show yeah <laughs> yeah, I mean it's lovely. It's lovely. Daniel's a rapper and yeah. like a linguist and Oh yeah. yeah. What is Rob's a DJ, right? Yeah. Yeah, Rob's a DJ. Devin's a songwriter. It's crazy. Yeah. Musician. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm over here just squawking <laughs> until somebody looks no. at me. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the Relunchables podcast. Come on. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay accidentally banged her head against her I back wall there. I definitely accidentally banged my head. Thank goodness it was on that part of your head that <laughs> that doesn't hurt. That, that wall came out of nowhere. It really did. It came out of nowhere. I love throwing <laughs> my head back, but you got to be careful where you do that. Okay. <laughs> I'm curious, how did you handle, I guess, you know, you didn't start acting that young per se in terms of, you know, I think you were 10, 11 years old. 12, you weren't like four yeah. years old, but... I'm exactly. curious, how did you navigate that as you kind of got older? I know this is not a question that everyone has an answer to. We've seen, you know, a lot of child stars struggle kind of moving into their, you know, adult phase in the business. And how have you kind of managed right. that? It's been really hard to grow up. It's been really hard to grow up. Like you want to maintain the fame that, or not the fame, but the success that you perceived that you had in your own mind. You're always trying to catch that again. and. um I just, I feel, I felt a little bit, I just feel like I, I, I got a little bit stunted um, in my personal growth along the, along the way. And I think that that really affected uh, my output, my confidence, my everything, my mental health. And so it's been hard to, to mature and 
um, sort of like have that self-discipline that makes you a real success in life. Yeah. And that's all my own, my own stuff that just was highlighted by the, by the karma that, you know what I mean? It was just, it was all stuff that I think that I was going to be susceptible to anyway. I just, I think maybe it was amplified by this, by this path. Oh yeah. You For know, sure. It's easy from the outside to look at these, you know, child stars per se and think, you know, they must have it all figured out. You know, they have the money, they have the fame, but until you're in those shoes and you're actually living it day to day, you don't realize what a grind it is. And you're showing up to work, you know, you're working 12 hour days on set. It's not that glamorous, you know, yes, maybe you get some notoriety and you I think it's probably a good thing that you weren't around during the days of social media on that's the classified, who knows, you know, I feel bad for those kids growing up now in today's oh with everything and TikTok. And I feel like I wouldn't be able to handle that at that age. It, 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 it breaks my heart, like to know that I don't know. I couldn't have dealt with that kind of pain at, at in seventh, eighth grade and even younger than that like I <clears throat> my therapist was just telling me about she's on this other panel and just about all of the suicide that is happening at such a young rate due to social media and it's it's absolutely it's harrowing it's heartbreaking you cannot wrap your mind around it and I'm so grateful um even the the sting that I have felt on social media has been unbearable for me and I was 25 years old when I first came into contact with that um it's, it's, it's terrible that, that kind of atmosphere, you're not like, you don't even know what, like, that you're not ready to receive input from your output yet, yeah. like on social media and, and you're not ready to like see other, you just don't even know what you're, you're ready for. And I just, it's a sad, it's really, really sad. Yeah. And I'm, you know, grateful not to have been in it. And I, yeah, we need to make social media a safe place. I agree. For everyone. The world's a mess right now, Lindsay. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, we, we need to start cleaning this up. <laughs> I know. For it real. starts with this election. It really does start with this election. <laughs> oh, I know. But I mean, it starts today, right now, man. Yes. Like just like in in our daily interactions with ourselves and with everybody else. Like, yes, it starts at big places like the polls, but really, like this starts within every single one of us. And and taking that, um, taking this just like radical, just. I don't know, seeing how you show up during this radical time and seeing what comes out of you and, and what's been there and being willing to acknowledge it so that we're not dealing with this again in 20 years. Yeah. Because I think if we just try to focus on external, um, you know what I mean? And not do the work internally for each of us, this is going to resurge. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like not rooting out the seed. So it's like, I think like letting this really affect each of us and how our interactions and our education and, letting it sink in deep this time just so that we can minimize this as much as we can in the future. Yeah. No, we just saw this week, the Supreme court banning, you know, LGBTQ employment discrimination, which is something that's crazy to think it took till 2020 to figure that out. But right. you know what, this is uh, I don't know. This is the relunchables podcast. We talk about nineties pop culture here, but with everything going on, I feel like I had to mention what's going on. Yeah, no. And I appreciate right. it. I think, I think like it's, it, it, this is a good, like these, I think it's important to have tiny mental escapes during this time, which I really appreciate this for and what I think that that is, but it's also, it's okay to touch on it and, and not to, to dwell there, but to acknowledge. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, like an episode of Ned's, you know, we balance between sentimental stuff and comedy. And this is my <laughs> next question. Uh, doing some research, you know, I had to go back and watch uh, one of your best work, which is your, you know, your small part in the Nickelback rock star music video. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's where you thought this was going here. And I'm so curious, how did that come about? <laughs> okay, okay. Can I tell you, babe, that's not me. What? That is not me. 
It looks just <laughs> like you. I know. I feel so bad for that girl because it's credited as me. That is not me. Oh my God. I am sorry. I am so no, sorry. No, I pride myself on my fun. research. I would, I would love to have been in a Nickelback video. <laughs> I We need to like find that. If that girl is watching this or is out there, can you DM me so that we can properly credit you? <laughs> I will have to track this girl down. She looks just like you. I, I don't I know. know. It's, it's, it's scary. It's really scary. Dude, on my Wikipedia, it listed that when I was like, in 2008, it listed that or something. Like, right when I came out, they were like, no, this is for sure her. <laughs> I'm glad we could set the record straight on this podcast. Exactly. No, that, that's an even better scoop than being in the video is realizing, yes. spoiler, it wasn't her. Oh, what a shame, too. Nickelback, one of the great artists of our time. For real. <laughs> Show me this photograph, right? Yeah, that song. And what was their other song? Oh, I'm getting them mixed up with Creed, I think. Yes, they sound the same. They sound <laughs> the same, you know? <laughs> I can be your hero, baby. Who is that? That's Creed. Creed. That's Creed. That's Creed. I think. <laughs> I think. I I don't know. People people always hate on Creed and Nickelback, but yet, you know, I, if you look at my uh, Spotify playlist, I definitely have some of their music. When it comes on and as nostalgia now, it's just like, don't change that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? I was listening to that. Like, whereas when it like, first came out, you were like, yeah, don't change this. But now it's just this great nostalgia, I think. <laughs> oh, for sure. Uh, Lindsay, I can't thank you enough. I wanted to end on five oh. rapid fire questions oh, if you're okay. ready. I'm, I'm, I'm not, but I'm, I can't, I'm here for you. <laughs> Honestly, they haven't been so rapid fire. This is like the longest part of the interview. So, uh, you know, take your time <laughs> on this one. <laughs> Are there any uh, TV shows you're currently binging during this uh, quarantine here? Dead to Me, Killing Eve. Um, and I watched um, Dickinson, which I really, really loved. They did a really cool job of like putting a new spin on an old story and bringing, bringing some education there. Love Haley Steinfeld. So those yeah. three for sure. Killing Eve is incredible. I haven't watched the season yet. Is it good? Oh, yes. It's, it's, yes. I think Fiona Shaw is the standout of this, of this season, uh, you know, probably all the seasons, but this season, especially, I just feel like such a beautiful light is shed on her. Okay, good. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of, it's kind of, you kind of just watch and see how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something I loved about Ned's was just the nicknames. Like we mentioned, Coconut Head, Backpack Boy, Timmy Tutud, Moe's. Did you have a nickname growing up yourself? Yeah, one bite. <laughs> yeah. Right. My family called me Lizard. And lizard. I don't know why. Lindsay, Lizard, I guess that's how you get a nickname. I, I don't know if I was particularly <laughs> stealthy or creepy. You know what I mean? Or yeah. what, I don't know what a lizard even do. They <laughs> run along. Um, they called me Lizard. Okay. Don't know what that was about. Or And, and to this day, just Linz. I like... I like pet names like that and my favorite nickname for anybody's babe hey babe 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 <laughs> i say babe all the time to everybody so that way you don't have to know anyone's name right exactly it's super helpful in those situations <laughs> <laughs> uh what was your favorite kid show growing up um i'm not sure it was a kid show but it was on as a kid that the show charmed oh yeah i love Char i hate to admit it but yeah yeah charmed was just oh you just it was I just mean, on tnt like all the time it was, the like, time. It was like the it was like the precursor to the harry potter like buzz or whatever yes. it was just like something supernatural and if i could do this <laughs> and i wonder if that would ever really happen <laughs> i think they ended up doing like a remake right it's like a new tv show i, don't, I haven't yeah, checked it out I, though i don't know like is it still on i don't know hmm. that they fettered that whatever whatever i'm never gonna think that 
I guess if you were really attached to something as the original, you're, you're maybe never going to totally be on board with the new thing. Um, but yeah, I don't even know if it's still on. Yeah. Did you have a favorite 90s snack or candy that you really loved from your childhood? Um, for some reason, I would always, like on Saturday mornings, be eating out of the frosting jars of those Pillsbury, just <laughs> yes. like white frosting. And my mom would come out and be so mad. And I'd be like, what? It's Saturday. And she'd be like, you can't eat that for breakfast. What's wrong with you? But I would just sit there with a spoon and eat that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, last one. If Nickelodeon approached you talking about a potential reboot, and maybe we do a Ned's Declassified for work. You know, maybe Cookie's running this tech company. Maybe, you know, Ned's now head of marketing and you take a job there and we kind of start on your day one at this potential tech startup. What do you think? Oh my gosh, we love that. <laughs> we love that. Can you get in touch with the creator or can I take your idea and say it was mine? <laughs> That's so cool. I would, I would be so into that, so ready. Like there are so many funny things that, could have happened to them and that have happened, you know what yeah. I mean? In our own real lives. I think that there's fodder there for a TV show that could follow, you know what I mean? Especially since I think it does still have such a big following, you know, um, I, I get, uh, videos, uh, uh, a lot of people ha watching it with their kids. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool. I would love to see millennials now. They need a, a survival guide for work. For real. And just for the climate and for compassion and empathy and, you know, everything we're, we're kind of struggling with uh, societally and collectively right now. Awesome. Lindsay, I can't thank you enough for your time. I'm glad this is a podcast. My listeners can't see me sweating. I'm fanboying out here, you know, but you're so genuine. You're so down to earth. I really appreciate oh, you. Of course. Thank you so much for reaching out, Jordan. I really appreciate it, man. Glad to be connected now. I would like to thank my guest, Lindsay Shaw, for coming on the podcast. You can find her on Instagram. She's Lady M. Shawsters. Just search Lindsay Shaw and you'll find her. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We are trying to expand from the DCOMs and bring you all sorts of 90s, 2000s nostalgia from TV to film to music to even food. I won't spoil the next 90s show we cover, but let's just say it's a, a kid's game show with an Indiana Jones theme and maybe contestants dressed in cargo shorts and bright yellow helmets. I've probably given away too much. Please check out some of the other great podcasts on the Believe Podcast Network, including Turbo Talk with former Seahawks running back Robert Turbin and Believe in Padres, which former pitcher for the San Diego Padres, Heath Bell. You can subscribe to the Relunchables podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and please leave us a rating or review. Five stars only. Until next time. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube